Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From catching the bus for a family adventure, taking a tram to work, hopping in a taxi for your big night out, or simply relaxing on the train for your next shopping trip. Transport for Ireland is here to reconnect you with all you've missed and everything you want to do. Please do mask up. Use a TFI Leap card where possible, respect each other and be patient so we can all travel safely. Reconnect with the Transport for Ireland network. Welcome to episode number 33. I'm back in the room with the numbers now. I know it is definitely episode 33 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. Your sweat pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and he is... I'm Josh Gardner of rugbyshitwatch.com. Not only are we the sweary pipe bomb of uh, rugby knowledge, I also like to think that we're the Stuart Lancaster's job search of rugby broadcasting. <laughs> uh, epic, too long, and generally with a questionable outcome. Yeah, and in the end, it's a slightly underwhelming one as well. Yeah, thank you very much out there for your time this week. Sorry for the uh, lack of pod last week. It was mainly due to the fact that I am now resident in the new bloodandmud.com towers. Um, very, I can see from here, there's, there's painting, there's a bookcase, there's, there's a, a window. window. I mean, I mean you know, it really there's is. There's coving. I can it, see some coving. It's really living the dream. It's living the dream. Um Thanks for your time. Uh, please take some time, if you can, take a little more time to do some reviews for us on iTunes. You know the score by now. You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud, or you can get in touch with Josh. Uh, at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugby Show Watch. Uh, Pat show this week. Uh, before we start, though, Josh, I feel I must veer off into another sport just for a second. Oh, God. Uh, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> this, because this weekend, amidst all the house premium stuff, I did have to stop to take a look at the fact that my beloved Lee Rugby League Football Club have got into the Super League this weekend. That will mean that will mean nothing to you. I know that, <laughs> but maybe as a former Neath fan, if, I suppose if Neath became a region, it would be something like that. Yes, I, 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 I've got no interest in rugby league. No, you haven't. But I have honestly. to say it out loud. But I was vaguely following it, and uh, yeah, it's uh... so we've managed to get into the Super League. So any Lee fans out there, of which I know there are none, please share in my joy. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, moving forward. Last week, if you remember, we started a feature called 99 Problems and the Hashgate One, and we asked you to throw some problems our way with the hashtag, well, tweet at Blood and Mud with the hashtag at 99RugbyProblems. We've had a few in, Josh. Oh, have we now? Yeah, we started last week with missed, missed tackles on mine, of which I'm becoming a bore about already. You are a little bit, yeah. I am a little bit, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yours was the LV Cup. Yes. Which is already boring, so actually doesn't make any difference. It's just it's talking boringly about a boring thing. It was yeah. sort of like Inception. So, <laughs> it is quite a boring film, Inception. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Paul Johns got in touch with on Twitter mm-hmm. saying, playing bad music loudly at every breaking play to prevent the crowd from producing its own atmosphere. Yeah, I hate that. That's so definitely going to go in one, isn't it? It's also, you know, the, that kind of law of unintended consequences thing. Mm. I'm sure when they started it, they had some good ideas about how this would be very good for the game and it would get the atmosphere going. But what they didn't yeah. know is that the unintended consequence of it, it was DJ Spoonie on a Friday night in the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, well, exactly. And also, equally, um, music played after players score tries slash knock a penalty over. Do you, why do you need your own theme music? This isn't wrestling. You know what? I'd, I would actually tolerate it if that's what it was. If each yeah. player had to pick their own track, well, that I might be a bit more tolerable. Is that not what happens? No, it's just they decide. Well, they always play the same songs, don't they? Yeah, well, I just assumed that was what happened when the player wasn't creative enough to think of his own song. Oh, no, I don't think this, it's, it's picked. Oh, God, really? No, if it was like, if they had like, you know, like the song like The Big Show has in WWE. Yeah. For when, I don't yeah. know, Mako Vudapola scores a try, that, that, would be, that, that would be slightly yeah. more understandable. What's Kid Rock doing these days? Probably not a lot. Just get him, like, just lock him in a room and get him to write dreadful 90s, like, new metal ballads for all think, of these people. I think Kid Rock is trying different things, smoking funny things and making love outside the lake, or by the oh, lake, oh, to oh, our oh, favourite oh, song, oh, isn't he? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fair play. I have, <laughs> I, have a ter- I have a very good trick. I have a very good trick of remembering song lyrics, even if I don't like the song. Um, Adam, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend, of the, friend of the pod and your friend, Adam Reese, got in touch. For He's someone who'd like Kid Rock to do all of their theme songs. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> he said 99 Rugby Problems. And I'll be honest, I wasn't really sure what this is about, but it sounds brilliant. That bell end that shouts before Toulon matches looks like a bell end, sounds like a bell end, is a bell end. I don't oh, know yeah, what that they've is. Got, they've got like a weird hype man, haven't they? Oh, have they? Who like, like a warm-up before act. games like, just gets on the mic and just like does a weird sort of call and response thing. And then they all wave their fucking newspapers. Is he like a Gallic DJ Spoonie? He is, because he wears a jacket and a T-shirt, which is always a <laughs> combination. Has he got the sleeves rolled up, Miami Vice style? Uh, I think he might have a little. In my head, he has. I don't know if he actually has, but certainly in my head. So there you go. So the the fourth problem that is now is is the bell end of the two long matches. I'll have to look out for <laughs> now. I haven't actually seen him oh, before. Yeah. Uh, the Black and Red got in touch on, on Twitter uh, and said... This is a very good one because this is a surprise it hasn't been mentioned before. He said, refs that say use it, but the nine just does whatever he likes. Have you ever seen a ref flow up and say, well, I did warn you? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is so true, isn't it? That really grinds my gears, I must be honest. It's like. Yeah, use yeah. it. 30 seconds like, later, nothing's happened. It's like when referees remind kickers that they've got 30 seconds and the kicker does absolutely nothing to in any way go faster. And it's like when, when I used to play, and anybody who's played at any level will remember this, that basically um, refs would all, you know, they come into the changing room before the game to tell you what they expect of you. 
yes. you know, I'm going to be wanting the ball away quick. I know you're lying on the ball. I'll be penalising that. Yeah. And then he does... No, fin- abs- no funny business at the yeah, scrum. He does yeah, absolutely yeah. nothing to back up what he said before. Andy. He basically just makes it up as he goes along. Um, and then the last one that we've had on Twitter is, uh, and this is, again, linked to what I've just said, really. Uh, Gareth Reese Collins got in touch and said, no proper rooking. Yeah. I know it's kind of the fashionable thing to demand that back, but you do if it's between rucking and the sort of incredibly dangerous shoulder first clear outs that have replaced rucking these days, you you do kind of feel like a bit of studding in the rib area wouldn't be a bad thing. I don't think it I don't think it ever was a bad thing. I don't really no. know why they ever stopped it. I mean obviously you could never ruck on the head. That was never something <coughs> that was allowed anyway. And Again, anybody's out there that played knows that if you lie there, you know it's coming. Yeah. And you expect to get stood on. It's usually around your legs and your ribs, really, which, which sounds crazy to say that's all right, but it it always yeah, it was. Is, and it? I think well, the, what they're looking to happen now is, is, is for refs to deal with it, aren't they? The ref will blow in. But actually, is it beneficial to the game to keep stopping for a penalty when actually you could just quickly put a boot on and he'd move anyway and then the game's yeah, created a bit more of a staccato game, you know? Yeah, and also I think it was one of those things that looked worse, particularly when the game went professional and it started becoming on telly, like seeing somebody stamping on somebody prostrate. on the floor. Yes. It <laughs> looks worse than it you. actually was. While they were doing Michael Flatley's river dance all over them, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember there was and, a game once with a South African ref, and I can't remember the game, but he blew the whistle. It was when Rocky was allowed, he blew the whistle. The South African ref said, I don't mind rucking, but that was mountaineering, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and yeah, I think a little bit, a little bit of mild rocking wouldn't go amiss in yeah. modern rugby. So we agree with you on that one, Gareth Reese College. Thanks for getting yeah. in touch. Anybody else who does want to get in touch with ninety nine problems in the Haskate one, as you can tell from the title, you can't suggest the Hask. Yeah, uh, but please do send. Let us know at Blood and Mud or at Josh Gardner, and hashtag ninety nine rugby problems would be very, very helpful. That helps us mm-hmm. to locate them. Because obviously there's going to be millions of them coming in. Obviously, the amount of tweets we get every week is just impossible to find things. Um, so that was that. I will. What I will do is that we will put. I will put a page up on the bloodandmud.com blog uh, under the podcast menu, listing these things so that you can one check you did not be done before, and two stop me forgetting what has been done before. It's mainly the latter. Let's be it's, it is mainly the latter. Yes, I'm pretending like I'm doing you a service, but actually that's not true at all. Just so, so that we don't rant about the same thing in yes. about a month and a half. Let me tell you yeah. again about music after scoring tries <laughs> for the fourth week in a row. Yeah. So, right, that was ninety nine problems. Let's move on to the review of the weekend, Josh. Where do you yeah. want to start? Uh, should we start international? Let's then... start international. Let's. Um, what can you say about the All Blacks? On the genuinely, I don't know what you can say about them anymore. Yeah, it's it's just silly now, isn't it? Like <laughs> I remember saying that, that when they started winding up for that scoring lots of tries, I tweeted at the time. You know, here comes that fifteen minutes where the yeah. All Blacks splinter your soul into a thousand shredded, heartbroken pieces, and that that fifteen minutes, which is a thing now, I think I it's, like to claim it's it is a so thing, inevitable. Is a thing. Um, it reminds me, have you seen, I can't remember which X-Men film it is, when there's that one who can run dead fast. Is he called Quicksilver? Oh. I'm not a comic yes, person. Yes, he is. He is He's called Quicksilver. Quicksilver. And there's an entire scene that's run at his speed. And everyone's just stood still and he's moving people's hair and, yeah. and pushing it's their sort, jaw and spilling their yeah. drink. Yeah. It's, it is kind of like that. It's, it's kind of like that. Like, they're operating like the, at the speed. They are fucking with us. They're fucking with <laughs> the rest, like, 
the game of rugby is so easy for them now that they're actually inventing ways to keep the game interesting for themselves. Like yes. it's like Usain Bolt racing against well me. <laughs> it's like like long term then is that really good for the game? Like it's not their fault that they're better than everybody else, but like when they're just sort of thinking, oh well, we'll just let them have a go for fifty minutes, and we'll let them have a little bit of hope and feel like they've done something, they've they've really achieved something, and then we'll just smash the living shit out of them for 15 minutes. I mean, they're even trying scoring tries by bouncing the ball off their own fullback's face now, aren't they? Which is... <laughs> That's the thing. Even when they fuck up, they seem to somehow turn that into gold. Yeah. It's like... When Elton Yanches did that the other week and booted it straight in Adrian Strauss's kite, it basically <laughs> nothing came of it, did it? But but they no. somehow managed to create a try out of it. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's hardly compelling sporting drama, though, is it? That's the... It kind of renders the whole they're not playing against England for 18 months thing even more annoying because somebody, somebody needs to give them a game. And, and that's assuming England will, of course. But well, yeah. They're but probably they the ones the with the best chance right of now. doing it, yeah. Because um, speaking of which, vis-a-vis Australia versus South Africa, what a fucking terrible game of rugby that was. I'll be honest, I didn't see it, and now I'm glad I didn't. You, you missed absolutely... Everyone was rubbish. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those games where just like who would like to win this game no you no after you, I insist really it was just the, it was like the second half the first half was alright but the second half was just devoid of like any skill or artistry it was just like and in the end the slightly less shit team won and there's not really much more to say about it the greatest tournament in the world ladies and gentlemen in the end the less shit team won yeah, well, it was probably like one of the worst. Like rugby championships, usually pretty damn entertaining, and rugby. It was probably one of the worst matches I've seen in that or the Tri Nations in a very long time. It was just yeah, dreadful. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is where it's hard to judge exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. New Zealand are very, very good. But to go mm. back to that point, it's very, very hard to judge exactly how good they are. No, it really when is when they're playing against a shower of shit of what used to be the traditionally powerhouse teams and Argentina. Yeah. This is what Argentina do. Mm. They kind of put the shits up you for about an hour at most, and yeah. then you just know what's coming. Generally, I mean, they only just got over the line against that shit house South Africa uh-huh. side. Yeah, and they lost the week before. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so, it's, so it's you know, so it's it's very odd, and it's very hard. It's still very hard to tell just how good this All Blacks team are. I think maybe the autumn will give. Either that, or we're just kidding ourselves. By yeah, clinging on to some bit. hope that actually they're not <laughs> just the completely dominant, terrifying package of what they yeah. are, because Bowden Barrett is just oh, he's on a, like he's like he's an apparition. I don't understand how a he was not even like going into the June tests. He wasn't even New Zealand's first choice ten, hmm. and just how ridiculously quickly he's turned into one of the best players, test players on the planet. Like, he was very good at super rugby level, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... he was never completely, like, utterly convincing and terrifying, though, was he? he just no. looked... and he, but you put a black shirt on him, and all of a sudden, he is just, like, the well, second coming of Barry John meets Dan Carter. It's the way he takes the ball to the line, and he's completely oh. fearless, and he just... I don't know, he's like an apparition, they can't put their hands on him. And that burst of pace and the agility he's got to slide, like, just glide through space is just, oh. Yes. It's not really fair that they've got or everyone that they've got and him. Yeah, because I mean, if he's injured, Cruden comes on, he's not exactly useless, is he? 
Well, exactly. The very least they could do is give Bowden Barrett another team to at least give him a chance. <laughs> like a lend-lease thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to, uh, to Zebra. Yeah, just give him to Zebra for a couple. <laughs> we'll come on to that later a, on. But yes. Do you remember there was a rumour like about two or three years ago that like after the World Cup, uh, I think it was Treviso, were making like a really strong pitch to try because it was when Carter and McCall were having their um, hmm. sabbaticals, and apparently Treviso were making a massive like throwing money at it pitch to get both Dan Carter and Richie McCall to come and play for. Benetton Treviso in Italy. It's not that crazy an idea, is it? I mean, it's, it, a... it's living in Italy. They've probably got some backing to give them money. And it, is it any worse than these players that go and play in Dubai, football players well, playing exactly. Dubai in LA um, Galaxy and all that malarkey? And it was just one of those things where it was that period where they were going to have, the, where the All Blacks played Italy in the San Siro and all that sort of thing. And Adidas were obviously making quite a big push to make rugby popular in Italy so there was all that kind but can you just imagine Dan Carter and Richie McCaw playing in that Benetton Treviso team like <laughs> can you imagine their faces pretty much <laughs> all the time yeah it's just <laughs> under the post again two and a half thousand people every week <laughs> stood under the post for the 14th time that night <laughs> oh, heads up here been? lads we go from here lads yeah fuck off Richie <laughs> Yeah, so there um, you go. Yeah, that was international so, like, games. Yeah, I don't have much more to say about that, really. Not really. Um, if the Premiership-wise, yep. if the All Blacks are getting boringly predictable in their brilliance, then, I mean, God, how boring is Harry's utter brilliance? Because, like, what can you say? No, no. Two weeks, two massively comprehensive wins that were mechanical and yet at the same time brilliant. Yeah. And they haven't even got Owen Farrell back yet. Ridiculous. No, it's, it's, well, I, said, I, I did a pre-season, uh, a preview, you know, when I said jokingly, you know, all your bases are belong to them sort of thing. And it's, Nick, and it's true because, I mean, who is actually going to beat them? What they did, not, don't forget, they were away at Exeter yesterday and they absolutely took them apart. Yeah, and 34-13 away against the yeah. team that got to the final last year. Yeah, and on their... It's, you run out of superlatives, really, because they are yeah, it just... just becomes oddly predictable, isn't it? it yeah, is... it's like if we, we joked before, but they are like the Borg. They're just this ruthlessly efficient... Learning machine. machine. Yeah, and there's this, this, this is just so, like, there's not really that much emotion or sort of artistry involved there. It's just, like, efficiency, But yeah, precision. they're not horrible to watch, are they? No, they're They don't not play, like, a miserable brand of rugby or anything. It's just... Not at all. Just... And I suppose, what could they do that would make them more interesting or, or less less efficient? At the end of the day, they just play shitter. good rugby, don't they? Yeah, they yeah. could make a few mistakes, couldn't they? Have a few clangor moments. Which you could, you know. thing. Even the All Blacks occasionally yeah. will do something like... Get overconfident and try something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll fuck up a little bit. But Sarri's, they never take enough risks to like... No. Make one of those mistakes. Yeah. Really. Like the, they are the Toyota production system of rugby, basically. They've mm. driven out all error and waste. <laughs> and they've ended up producing a Toyota Yaris. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's the, you know, there's something to be said for a bit of a, a balls up every now and again because then you don't have it a is, Yaris. You might have a Ford Mustang human. or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. So. So they'll say about Sarri's Wasps won again away at yeah, Leicester, I mean, which is pretty good. I, 
I'm pretty impressed with because I think the big question mark hanging over Wasps this season was probably like obviously they've got an all world all fucking universe backline now, um, especially with Kurtley Bealand and what was his face South African to come. Yeah. His name has just completely escaped my brain. Um, yes, what did he do? Um, thank you. Um, but like the pack was kind of a bit like well average. Yeah, they lost Bradley Davis, who was quite a big. They lost a bit of experience and a bit of grunt, didn't they? Yeah, they lost both Bradley Davis and, annoyingly, Brad Davis as well, who was their defence coach. And they both went to the Ospreys, and that is getting incredibly confusing for me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. uh, And who was left behind with some relatively youngish types. Yeah, and I think uh, that back row of um, Jones, Thomas Young and Thompson looks really impressive. I remember seeing Guy Thompson in the game last year and being unbelievably impressed with him. His work mm. rate was incredible, and he, he carried yeah. the ball really strongly as well, without that being like an obvious Vunapola type carry. Or, or yeah, no, you know, it was it was just very effective. Yeah, and I thought what's also impressive is the way that they coped. Like they've lost George Smith, and he was such a massive player for them last season. And you really thought that they would miss, because that couple of games that he got banned for uh, last season, hmm. they really missed his graft and his guile on yeah, the deck. Yeah. But they just seem to have, I don't know, they seem to have kind of covered for that very well so far, certainly. Unless and they the other... don't seem quite there again. Yeah. It's only two games in, we'll see. Go on, you yeah, will say. I'm re- very impressed with Bath as well, first two weeks. Yeah, I well... Mean, <sighs> I mean, I, we, when we did our daft tweet preview to the week, I just I, I finished mine off with who knows because it was just yeah. they've had no preseason of which to speak of with the director of rugby in place. So they were almost starting their preseason in terms of patterns a week before the season started, so it yeah. didn't bode well. And then all of a sudden yeah, know, we get. I know I mean, it's only Newcastle, like, but, but yeah, but nobody. How many people beat Newcastle by that many points? I Even know, last they year, I mean, no, they're not great, but pieces, they, don't, they didn't they? used to get. They, they, they'd never get prison shamed, would we? Which is what they got on no. the weekend. And it doesn't really. <laughs> it's it's like Todd Blackadder's like needed a fortnight to all of a sudden get all of these very good constituent parts working together in a way that is incredibly impressive, which really speaks volumes to Mike Ford's coaching. I think. I think reading between the lines and what I've heard from people who, who know a bit about the bath setup, everybody mm. seemed to hate Mike Ford apart from <laughs> his son. Well, yeah, maybe that's kind of. Those things are not unrelated. You hear things like his man management wasn't best, which mm. is like, you know, PR stroke speak for everyone thought he was a knobhead sort of thing. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, so, I mean, you've got to look at those two teams and think if we're looking at anybody having the faintest hope of challenging Saracens, I mean, extra I don't think anybody's going to challenge Saracens. Put that out of your mind right now. Yeah, and I, and I thought Exeter were going to drop out of the top four this week, this year. I, yeah, I just like to see them look like they've been in a game once. Yeah, like when did the they start losing they last year? It was just before, just during the Six Nations, wasn't it? Or was mm. it just round about Christmas time? The Quins beat them. Was that the first team to beat them last year? I think couple, they were. They lost to a couple of yeah, they lost to Quins. And they lost to the Saints, didn't they? They well. got absolutely dicked at home by Wasps. Remember? Oh yeah, we scored like sixty points. Something ridiculous. Like was that, that in the Six Nations though? Yeah, it was during because Six Nations. Because one of the few, they weren't massively impacted by the Six Nations, were they, Wasps? No, they will be this year a bit more, I yeah, think. Yeah, they will. But yeah, Sarri's then instantly started paying the price for all of a sudden having all these England internationals in their team that had been previously ignored. But uh, And I imagine they'll have something like that this year, you know. 
Yeah. Salary cap means that they can't. I quite have... like the look of Sale this year. Yeah, I, I mean, think they Sale's going to do all right this year. They had that disappointing loss away to Newcastle in the first week, which is never a brilliant sign. Mm. But they look like they've, ironically, they look probably more of a cohesive team without Superani than they probably do with him, because I think he. He doesn't know. I never saw how Cipriani really suited Steve Diamond, who seems quite a regimented, do things my way kind of bloke. And Cipriani is very much not that. Whereas AJ McGinty obviously was very tidy for Connacht last season. And yeah. yeah. And you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, you totally. Could, you, you and could, I think that's kind of what they today, need. Today, run this program, AJ, and he will. <laughs> or um, Alan, as you were when you were Irish. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they were playing against the incredibly self-destructive and crazy mental Harlequins this weekend who completely lost lost all grip on everything at the weekend. Yeah, there seems to be this like strata of players in the of uh, teams in the Prem that you can put Gloucester, Quins, Sale, Worcester, and probably throw Leicester in there now as well. In terms of teams that just at any given moment you can properly see them having an absolute fucking mare and losing a game that you wouldn't expect them to. Mm. Whereas I don't see that with Wasps, I don't see that with with Exeter, and I certainly don't see that with Saracens. No, with Saracens, the best you can hope is they, they concede a try you don't expect them to <laughs> while they rampage all yeah. over everything. Yeah. And that's probably just because, you know, they were replacing the batteries or something. They've got a mildly high penalty count in one half. You're yeah. quite close to Bristol. How do you feel that that went? Uh, well, that went badly yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, they signed... Um, oh, what's his face? Um, Hurricanes yeah, winger. Yeah. Woodward. Woodward, yeah, who's a hell of a player. Um, and I can probably tackle better than Tom Vondel can as well, but that's not saying a lot. No, to be fair, um, yes. A bag of feathers I mean, can I tackle can. better than, you can. Can, than, than Tom Vondel. <laughs> Well, he'd have to be um, stood in the right place, wouldn't he, to actually tackle in the first place? I might not move very far, but I would at least be in the right place. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 last week I was very optimistic for Bristol season because I think they were very unlucky to lose to Quinns. Um, this week, Saints just turned up and bullied them a bit, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of what happened when Bristol lost when they were in the championship where they got steamrolled because their pack isn't as nasty as it probably needs to be at this level. I think to be fair to Bristol, I think Northampton will be much better this year. I I agree with you. You know, they were very consistent. The last five years they've been outstanding, really, consistently mm. wise. Got to the final, got to the playoffs, got to European Cup final and all that kind of stuff. And I think last year was a little bit of a blip. They just lost those three games. Yeah. They lost three games against Newcastle. And who stayed? Uh, I can't remember the they lost. lost three games against the bottom three last year. The bottom three yeah, they slipped my mind. And Worcester as well in the first Worcester, week of the yeah. season. Yeah, I, I know, do. So, and I don't think they're not. going to do that again this year. I think they're going to be a bit more tightened up this year. Mm. But then you look at the Prem and you just think there's quite a few of those teams that you think, you know, that top six of Saris, Wasps, Exeter, Bath, Saints, and you know, pick a and other from there. We'll see over the course of the season. Like, they all look like they could go to Bristol, or they could go to Newcastle, or they could go to Worcester, and give them a bit of a hiding. 
But the question is, I suppose, is can Bristol go to Newcastle and give them something like that's, a high? Not even a high, just because that's really what it's going to come down to. They isn't just it? need it's, to win. Two, I mean, there's the, two cup finals, isn't there, for both those yeah, sides all season? Really. The problem is now that Newcastle have already won a game, which is. Oh yeah, you know, which is that just shows massive. you how shit it is, doesn't it? When you when you're yeah. working in there, how many games are you going to win? And they've already won one, and there's, there's the rest which of the season them, to yeah, go. Mass, and you're already like, worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Bristol will probably turn somebody over at home in the same kind of way. Like they can beat a Quinns at home, they could probably beat Gloucester at home. But it's like. Have they got enough? I'm, I'm, I'm starting to become a little bit concerned that maybe they haven't, and if so, the fallout for that could be pretty fucking massive as far as Bristol's concerned because they've spent a lot of money. Okay, so who out there? Who do you think is going down? Newcastle or Bristol or somebody else? I can't see it being anybody else to be honest. But, but let us know at Blood and Mud. I could imagine Worcester purely just because I'm still not entirely sure who's in charge there. And that might not be such a good thing. I, I can't remember either, but I'm tired. No. I've moved out, so that's my excuse. Right. So <laughs> uh, that's, the, 12, that's the Premiership. Let's have a look at the Pro yeah. 12. Um, Glasgow are really fucking good, is the headline for Pro 12 the first two weeks. And we haven't even got Dave ready yet, as I've now I established, because I didn't quite realise he's not here till next year. That we showed how stupid no. I am, but yeah. They're, they're setting their stall out to be the Northern Hemisphere version of the Chiefs in preparation, by the looks of it. Like mm. they, They've played some genuinely ridiculous rugby in the first two weeks and but Leinster haven't had time to practice because they've had to paint motivational slogans all over the wall well that is true now that Big Stu's turned up so <laughs> yeah what is his job by the way I haven't worked it out yet mm. he's a nebulous if I was Leo Cullen I would um, be very very you'd look even uglier than you are now I would be looking over not my you shoulder, I mean Leo Cullen quite quite consistently because when you bring in somebody like Big Stew with no nailed on portfolio of what he's you know he's not a defense coach he's not an attack coach he's not you know he's the he's motivational speaking coach senior the, lurker for the first positive thing. energy coach I don't know it's, it's whatever he is he is still an international coach and was an international coach until very recently and so while you, he's not there to just sit there and go, well, Leo, this is what I think you should do and you should... Well, I think that's probably opinion. exactly what he's here to do. It's just well, that it might end up with him getting the job. Yeah, exactly. And you look at... You look at the, they brought Graham Henry in in pre-season to basically yeah. teach Leo Cullen how to coach or something. <laughs> and now they've brought in Stu Lancaster and it's like this is not a ringing vote of confidence do you ever get the feeling that you're like you're a club legend so we can't sack you and we all love you however you seem to be a bit shit so we'll bring yeah, well, some other people in to try and help you this is suspiciously exactly what's happened of course over at Munster with Foley yeah. where they've brought Rani Erasmus in over the top of him to yes. be his new boss to say sen- to say and do sensible things yes so which was definitely not him getting demoted or fired of course no not at all um, definitely no. not yeah so the Glasgow interest- very good and they beat Leinster yep um, I thought even though Leinster also to be honest dude looked pretty good like they were if they hadn't made a few uh, the, the, the difference really was Glasgow just incredibly clinical and they've got really really good defence this year 
which mm. is something that they've not necessarily had in the past. Whereas, yeah, um, and, they, and they've dyed their hair for to raise money for the Irish Cancer Trust. Uh, yeah, right? well, their defence coach went back to New Zealand for personal reasons, which is uh, why Big Steve's there, and I think it might be related to that. So, uh, yeah, it did make them all look very silly, but at least it made them look silly for a good cause. Yes. Ulster have won again. Now, Ulster, you said that Ulster is possibly the best back line in Europe. Yeah, they've not looked ago. like it the first two weeks, have they? They've not. However, however, they are one of the f- only, they're one of the only two teams to miss to have missed tackles in less than double digits. Because <laughs> I'm obsessed with this now. Who's the other one? Have a guess who the other one is. It is in this league. It's in the Pro Twelve. They lost. Is it? Oh, they lost. Is it the Dragon? No, it's Scarlet. Really? Yeah. They only missed eight tackles. And here's an interesting one, right? And I'll come on to that later on. But yeah, it's a, yeah they, they only missed eight tackles, but they lost 20 points to nine, which shows that Edinburgh must have basically just been very clinical in getting around them and missing all the tackles. I don't oh, know. The Scarlet's just allowed them to have their wicked way with them at the scrum every single time. Scarlet's have been absolutely plop ever since you tipped them to be good. I know, and part of me is, as an Ospreys fan is quite entertained <laughs> by this. But... Um, I didn't. I genuinely don't mean to do these things. I genuinely thought that the Scarlets were going to be very good this year. Will we never learn no, to keep our mouth shut? The baffling thing is, like, I don't understand how they're being this shit. Like, I thought this week, well, they got James Davis back. That pack, like, okay, they're missing Rob Evans and Samson Lee, but, like, they can't be that as bad as they were against Munster with James Davis added to that, surely. And they were worse. Like Liam Williams literally played like a man who'd never played rugby before. <laughs> we know that's not him. He looks like he runs like a man who's never run before. <laughs> exactly, but he was, some of his kicking was appalling. Just like booting it down the throat of men who are standing fifteen feet away. It's yeah, I don't. This, they've had some sort of collective malaise thing going. James on here. Davis is Jonathan Davis's brother, isn't he? I have, yes, he is. I, I was convinced of that. When I wanted to check it. How come then, Jonathan Davis is a very handsome man? <laughs> and James is not. Let me put um, it that way. Yeah, I think there's some genetics thing going on. Is it because he's a forward? Yeah, it I think be. Jonathan is the, the the tall, fast one, and James is the slightly squat, rotund one. Some um, player though. Some he's player. a hell of a player, and he's quite fast. I must be honest. Cardiff start to the season Very unexpectedly good. good. Discuss. Hmm. I really like what they've done. In terms of recruitment and in terms of... They, I mean, they were looking pretty good at the end of last season. They had a couple mm. of bad results. But, like, I really like what they've done in the recruitment side of things, you know. Especially over the last couple of seasons. They're getting Anscombe in, they're getting Matthew Morgan in. Um, they've got Willis Halaholo coming in. It's, you know, it's, and they're rampaging Nick Williams. And the rampaging... He was magnificent. Was, <laughs> I just love watching a slightly rotund man with grey hair smashing through people. It just, <laughs> he had that one bit where he broke the line, didn't he? And kind of had this sort of, I don't know. It was like he, it's like he ran and his stomach went backwards, then forwards. Yeah, he was sort of like throwing him forwards. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's for Cardiff fans in particular. It is that sort of. It does remind you of the, the grand old days of Xavier Rush smashing through people while being too old and a little bit portly. And I mean, he's only played two games, but he's already rapidly edging into cult hero status. I think. Uh, last quite couple of minutes on your team, Ospreys. You happy? Uh, delighted. <laughs> I mean, I kind of expected 
that they would reap a Connacht whirlwind after them getting dismantled by Glasgow, and Connacht were dreadful. Mm. Um, and the Ospreys were very good. And I did. I, I probably expected them to do a number of a zebra in week one because zebra. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, in terms, of, it felt like in many ways the good old days were back again. The Ospreys were very physical. They were clinical, and they were a bit nasty with it. And that's kind of what you expect from them. And that's kind of what they were missing last season. Need a bit more Ian Goff about them. They did, and I think probably Bradley Davis is kind of. Mm inhabiting that role which is going to be a good thing okay that was a quick review of the weekend then um mm. let's move on to the one game we haven't discussed the, the yes. most important fixture of the weekend mm-hmm. the cuthbert police on cup Indeed. final because every week is a cuthbert police on cup final hashtag shit watch and the cuthbert police on cup is returning to its spiritual home it is indeed i mean you were, our regular listeners will remember one of the most shocking twists in the history of the venerable Cuthbert Police on Cup occurred um, the end of last season when uh, Zebra managed to somehow divest themselves of that millstone of shite for the summer by absolutely dim- dismantling the Dragons on the last game of the season. Yes. Um, but like a weird, shitty boomerang, the Cup has indeed returned to its spiritual home. In Italy, um, as the Dragons returned the favour by beating Zebra in one of the most unapologetically dreadful games of rugby you'll ever see this Not year. Not a just, single point in the second half. It was just awful. In I mean, it, that's the sort of game that the Cusper Police on Cup should be exchanged. But from one shit team to another incredibly shit team. Uh, but yeah, like, the play was about as adroit as a bloke with no fingers trying to put Technic Lego together. It was so bad, right, that I went to look at the stats on ESPN Scrum today and they didn't have any. They just It was blank. It was the only game that didn't have match (laughs) stats. It's almost like the Opta bloke just kind of went, oh, I'm not fucking watching this anymore. I'm going to pub. He's he's got halfway through the second half and he's lost the world to live. Yeah. Those people out there who are unsure of what it is we're banging on about, just let me give you a very quick history. At one point last season, Treviso had not lo- had not won a game for the best part of twelve months. So we started yes. a thing called hashtag Treviso Shitwatch, where we tried to monitor how long it would be, how long it would be until Treviso won a game again. That then evolved into the Cuthbert Police on Cup, where we said that basically whoever Treviso beat, the Cuthbert Police on Cup will be passed over to them, and so on and so on. So it's moved around. It went from Treviso to Cardiff, Cardiff, weirdly, didn't it? Yeah. Did it become well, Ulster's shitwatch then? It did become Ulster's shitwatch very briefly, it, and then it went to Zebra. Then it went stayed, to Zebra, and we thought that'd be it for, for the rest of time. But instead, yeah. uh, Zebra beat Dragons the last game of last season, mm-hmm. ended up with Zebra, Zebra shitwatch, and now it's become hashtag Zebra shitwatch again. Like polar bears to the North Pole. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. From catching the bus for a family adventure, taking a tram to work, Hopping in a taxi for your big night out or simply relaxing on the train for your next shopping trip. Transport for Ireland is here to reconnect you with all you've missed and everything you want to do. 
please do mask up. Use a TFI Leap card where possible, respect each other and be patient so we can all travel safely. Reconnect with the Transport for Ireland network. Italy to shit watch. It's, it just fits. Yeah. There's still a chance it might end up in Russia. Oh, is there? I think so. I think somebody had a very elaborate th- three oh, degrees yes, of I separation plan it, on it. But I can't... It involves a, an awful lot of incredibly unlikely things happening. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> this is what this is all about. winning games in Europe in the Champions Cup, which, let's be honest, that's not going to happen. Right then, so that was the shit watch. So it's back in Zebra. We can start the clock running again. And Indeed, I, can't, can. I can't see, I can't see Zebra. Zero. I can't see Zebra relinquishing. Do we know how long Dragon's had it for? Uh, I didn't do the calculation. No, I didn't even bother counting. We didn't even bother. Sorry about that, everybody. Yeah, I didn't. I, I used to count, didn't I? I should probably start doing that again. So if anybody out there wants to get in touch at Blood and Mud and let us know when they think that it might be wrestled from the arms of Zebra, because mm. um, who is Zebra going to beat? That's basically the question you need to ask yourself. <laughs> I mean, that is probably the question that the Zebra coach asks at the start of every season. <laughs> Fuck. Who are we going to... Yeah. Right, so, lads, let's target our one win for the season, shall we? Mm. Right. So that was shit. Watch. Let's move on to the shit good ratings for this week. Or it could be even the week let's, before because they weren't on last week. So let's... Um, yes. I've, I've sort of done a general overview. Well, then you start with whichever um, which, whichever list you fancy. Uh, should we start with good? Okay. The shit. Um, my first one, Alex uh, Lazowski, however you pronounce that. The uh, new young Saris 10, who, I mean, granted... Playing fly off for the best team in Europe with the best pack on the planet, giving you a sedan chair ride, isn't exactly the hardest job in the world. But he's been very, very impressive in his first two games. And I mean, he came over from Wasps in the summer because he can get any game time. And Die Young must be a little bit kicking himself right now. Yeah, because that's the thing. You'd even you could understand it if it if it had come if he'd come directly from the Saracens' laboratory mm. as a perfectly formed ten. Made yes, out of some kind, kind of genetic splice, which players, is what you'd expect. But, but no, he's come from wasps, who are, you know, yeah. traditionally a little bit of a comedy show. So, yeah. That's and they've so- also spunked all this money at the wall on getting Danny Cipriani's come back when they had a perfectly good 10 there who wasn't even getting yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and good. Speaking of wasps, actually, Jimmy Goppus, where has he been hiding all of this pace for the last decade and a half? Because he spent his entire Northern Hemisphere career looking like a sort of solid game-managing 10. And then two weeks of Dai Young playing him at 12, and all of a sudden he's got pace vision. He's got a really weirdly impressive burst of acceleration. He's scoring tries for fun. We talked about this before, and my theory is that he never tried to run at 10. He was too busy playing the classic pivot sort of role to actually bother running. And now he's at 12 and actually has to run. Everyone goes, oh, shit, where's that come from then? Hmm. He sort of morphed into Wasp's weird version of Matt Kitto, which I did not see coming. Does he tweet indecipherable tweets to his teammates with loads no, of like, in-jokes? Not yet, anyway. Not Give yet. Yeah, so good. I've got one. Uh, Murad bujalal has been at it again. I must say his Twitter's very quiet. I'm quite disappointed with that. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting big, big things. Um, and just no. No, He's nothing. Well, mind you, why would he have to use Twitter when every time he speaks, the world's news just just <laughs> says what it is, he reports what he's saying, I suppose. If I had that, I wouldn't have Twitter either, I don't think. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so anyway, he's gone mad after Toulon. They did win this weekend, but last weekend they lost. And, and the weekend after he went, he went mad, saying, we're nearing the limits of my patience. Now things are going to get serious. There were two games in at this point, or three games in at this point. I'd love to know what things getting serious means in Murad world. 
<laughs> well, I think we it's it's a sort of old yellow situation, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody's got to get killed, and I start again. <laughs> but this is the thing that the more too like I mean, like you say, Toulon won this weekend, but he was in the keep again this morning, uh, just going mental and just airing things in public that should not be aired. Like the standout quote that yeah, I'm sure you all follow Gavin Mortimer, who does an excellent roundup of all the shit that's in the keep this morning, but the standout quote from the interview is, no, I'm not in the mound. Which, not in the what? Not in the mound. <laughs> which, well, yeah. It's quote from last week, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to fire the coaches. I may fire myself, he said. Yeah. Well, this, today he says he congratulates his squad on beating Toulouse yesterday, but then says, today I'm still not sure if I made a mistake with Diego. He's not finished, but he showed versus Toulouse that he has the ear of the players. His management style, some things don't satisfy me, not at all, but if he wins matches... Yeah. Like, Based on this last is week. his coach that he's talking about. He also said that he's been in contact with Fabian Galfi to replace him, but we have not found an accord because it's not possible with Diego in place. It's like... You're actively talking about firing the man that is currently your coach. Uh, he's um, and last week, after, last week when obviously he said to see eight years of effort and hard work go up in smoke, it's shameful. And based on what I saw today, we're basically playing to stay up. I mean, they were dreadful the first. I mean, they were, but you know, really. But the thing he doesn't, I think, the thing that Bujalal doesn't realise is that like it takes a like his like big Champions Cup winning team is mm. over. Mm. Like, yeah, that was, you know, how many of those players did he he lose to retirements, you know? The, yes, he's got his checkbook out and he spent a load of money, but it takes time to build a team. You know, you look at Saracens, how long that's taken them to... Yeah. And that was for them spending more money than cents as well. You know, it does take time to build a squad that can actually do all this shit. And I, I just don't think he's got the patience. Well, he hasn't got the patience. He's totally mad. <laughs> he says he hasn't got the patience. He's saying he's going to sack his coach at the first available opportunity. I think I've said this before, but if anybody gets a chance out there to watch, you may not be football fans, but it's worth watching from a pure sport point of view. If you can find a documentary about QPR called The Five Year Plan, when Flavio Briatore took over, Phenomenal it is glorious, and it, it, it's imagine I imagine it's exactly like what Bujalal is like. Because yes, they were like literally sat in the stand saying, "If he doesn't bring on another striker in the next five minutes, I'm sacking all of them in the morning." Hmm. Uh, basically, that because you know they can't be hands off these people, can they? No. And weirdly, Bujalal's gone from going two months ago saying that he's not going to pay Lee Halfpenny, and it's an absolute Good. disgrace, to this week saying, "Thank you very much, Lee, and thank God you're here." Yeah, and also. Saying that he can leave early and go off to the Lions tour with his blessing because well, he says that to now. Have, What's going to happen next year when they're when they're like pushing for a playoff place or whatever it is? Well, this is the thing. I think he's probably realised that things they're so bad this season that the odds of them getting to the playoffs now are quite slim. So he can sort of just be like, ah, well, Lee, go with my good graces. We're yes. proud to have a player representing. I will spare your life. The rest of them are being killed tomorrow. <laughs> you with your hundred percent goal kicking accuracy, you can stay. Everyone else can fuck off. We had some good stuff from Twitter. Welsh boy Mick uh, got in touch, Michael, and to say that good for him was Sam Davis, who's now Osprey's yeah. first choice ten above Dan Bigger. Ooh, uh, yeah. What do you reckon to that? Maybe oh, I wouldn't object to it, but on form at the minute, should he be? Well, yeah, but um, I think Dan Bigger will probably have something to say about that when he has the chance. He has something to say about everything. 
Well, well, that's very true. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not like he hasn't played since the summer. So, and, and I mean, also, I'll give him a chance. Welsh boy, Welsh boy, Mick said about the Welsh scrum halves as well. Webb and a two Williams is at Cardiff looking very good. Yeah, and Gareth Davis not looking bad either in a dreadful Scarlets team, admittedly. Um, yeah, but whose fault's that? <laughs> Don't keep bringing it up when you know what you've done. <laughs> um, Tommy Seymour is another one from my list. Yeah, and um, Michael J. Might, Watt on Twitter agreed with you with that one, yes. Might well be the form player in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, to be honest. He's six tries in two games. That's bloody ridiculous. Yeah, four tries versus... Uh, Michael J. Watt on Twitter said, four tries versus last year's finalists this week, two tries versus last year's winners last week. Yeah. And then no. wrote, nay, bad. Which I'm assuming means he's, he's a Scottish person. Yeah, I would imagine. Or a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, these are the jokes, folks. I tell oh, you. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got great instincts, doesn't he? He's, he's a very good rugby line. player. Like Stuart yeah. Hogg, like, like Shane Williams, that kind of, you know, has a lot of football, as they say. Mm. He runs great lines, he holds his depth. He's, he's got the brain of like a perfect winger's brain. He's not like an athlete to the same level that like somebody like North or Severe or whoever is, but mm. instinct-wise, you can't fault him for long way. Uh Somebody, the pen on Twitter come back, come up and talked about Israel Dad's face assist, which we've already oh, mentioned. Oh yeah, we enjoyed which was, that. Which was very good. And on a lesser, a lesser um, elite plane, shall we say, Matt, Cumming- Matt Cunningham got in touch on Twitter and uh, at Blood and Mud and said, RGC 1404, the North Wales region, who have had two away fixtures to start their premiership season, their first premiership season, and they've won both of them. Hmm. Which is some going, really. Yeah, actually. fair play to them. I've got, I'm pulling for RGC. I think everybody is, aren't they? Surely. Yeah. That's a success. Well, as a Welsh person, that's a success yeah. everybody wants, isn't it? Yeah, you can't... Well, I imagine some of the Premiership teams probably feel quite annoyed about it, but then they probably feel quite annoyed about things all the time. Um, <laughs> that's but just, yeah, that's uh, just the, the natural state in Welsh. Like the bitchy the resting face. State of they have the sort of angry resting soul. Is the mm. Scot- is the Anyway, go. But yeah, good. I'm, I'm delighted for them. I, I'd like to see them do very well and continue to stop. Do you have any more players. good on your list? I do. Uh, I'm going to just say their names because I don't want to bang into it. Um, Tyler Arden for the Ospreys. Um, mm-hmm. They were really bad last season, the Ospreys, but one of the reasons they struggled was they lost these mid-level squad players like him, who's really, really good and will fill in when somebody more flashy gets injured or goes off to play for his country. Yeah, And he's been brilliant the first two games. He's like... Jamie Cudmore, but slightly less unpleasant. Slightly. And it's even more important for the Ospreys, isn't it? Because you do lose so many players. Yeah, they lose half their team. They need these squad players to be fit, and they weren't last season, and that's a big part of the reason why they they were so bad for such big stretches of last year. Um, and my last one is uh, Jerry Carberry, the young Leinster 10, mm. who, who looks really good. Like, I mean, he had an intercept try on the weekend, but other than that, like... His range of passing, he scored two tries against Teresa in week one. Um, he's only 20, he looks a real talent. Yet more good cheer for Leinster this year, then? I reckon. I mean, they've got two good... T- I mean, they you have said they're defending quite well, they're looking quite good. I think they'll be a pretty decent team. <laughs> Imagine if they had a coach that the backroom staff believed in. <laughs> well, they'll have one soon, probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's move on to shit then. Um, let's. Shit from one from Twitter is Rob Shipman got in touch on Twitter saying that Matthew Tate's inability to kick the ball anywhere but down the opposing 15's throat. 
I'm guessing he's a Leicester, Leicester fan. He's quite he upset. Is, yeah. I, I forget that Matthew Tate still exists, to be honest with you. Is he still captain this year? Uh, no, it's uh, Tom Young's. Right. Yeah, which makes marginal. You can't have sense. a sickly child as your, well, as your exactly, captain. It doesn't exactly you? inspire, he looks like does a, it? You know, he looks like he's riddled with consumption. <laughs> For me, basically, he got dumped on his head by Gavin Henson in 2005, and I've not paid any attention since. When he, so wasn't he se- was he 17, 18 then? Uh, yeah, he was, he, it was debut, wasn't it? Was that Andy Robinson or Martin Johnson? It was Andy Robinson that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, was it, that was Andy Robinson, no, yeah. Or was it, or was it, was it, was it Ashton? It might have been Ashton. I, I, I lose track that of That nightmare all merges into one dark, yeah. dark vision. It's just no good. It's 2005, so whenever that was. Um, my number one shit for the first two weeks, um, is not one that was here very often last season, and that's Connacht. Yeah. What? Is there some sort of weird fucking ley line thing between Leicester and Connacht? Because like last season it felt like the English football club and the Irish rugby team were sort of weirdly linked in the sort of tandem unlikely rise to the top of their respective piles, and now they equally seem to be making a right fucking state of their title defences. Like, they're just... They look so... I mean... You call the the textbook like title hangover and the desire's gone and all that sort of stuff, but they do just look really spent and they just don't look like they've got. I think it was always going to be difficult to back that up, wasn't it? I yeah, mean, they never even. Well, I think you've got to you've got to look at you look at this in the wrong way. It's kind of like you know, last year was the truly exceptional thing. Yeah, and you can't expect you know by definition the exceptional can't happen every year. It just can't. Yeah, and you look at the players that they've lost. I mean, they've lost McGinty, they've lost Robbie Henshaw, yeah. they've lost Ali Muldowney, and we talked at the final last year about how important he was in the way that he Usually linked so. up their backs yeah. and their forwards. And they really look at they you look at them on the attack now, and they just lack that that player that links them up. Mm. So yeah, um, equally else? shit. Scarlets, curses alive and well. Thank you very much. Um, Gloucester. I was, I was reading a match report in, a, I think it was the Telegraph, for their draw with Worcester on Friday night, and it said, and I quote, some of Gloucester's play was thrilling, but also pointless. And that, <laughs> that kind of sums up everything they've done in the first two games, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, they've played some brilliant attacking rugby, but they haven't actually managed to turn this into actually winning games, and that's going to be an issue going forward, I would imagine. Ross Moriarty is frighteningly good, by the oh, way. Oh, God, he's brilliant, isn't he? 22 years old. I Watch cannot wait for him to start for Wales in the autumn, to be honest with you. Which he it's, will do now, he, won't he? Well, he's got to now, yeah. Either playing at eight or six. Of course, yeah, um, Falatau's injured, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just they're just finding ways to... They should have won that Worcester game, you know. Yeah, it's and they, just... And they've yeah. got white... Uh, Kvesic got white line fever and balls it up. And you that Worcester game was just spectacular. Absolutely I've never, I've spectacular. rarely seen anything like it, to be honest. It was ridiculous. Um... And yet, they they do this sort of thing every year. They flatter to deceive. Imagine being one of their fans. It must just be, well... No wonder they're lunatics in the shed. They're basically... well, yeah, you might as well, aren't you? What else have you got to do? Exactly. You might as well just headbutt the post, because watching the bloody games <laughs> will make you feel any better, is it? Anything, less, anything else shit-wise? Um, one thing. Um, JP Doyle... In the uh, he had a pretty decent performance uh, the Saris Exeter game yesterday, but there was one moment where he took um, Brad Barrett aside after they'd won a turnover, and in effect he said that he found the way that they were celebrating winning the turnover 
um, to be against the spirit of the game and for them to stop it or further actions would be taken. Apparently, this I found this out later, apparently there's a directive for refs this season that's aiming to stamp out this whole thing of like players running in and celebrating with somebody who's just run, won a turnover. And for the life of me, I, d- I don't know why. <laughs> like with most of these laws... I kind of agree with I that. I think they're silly. I, I think, agree oh, with there's that, a safety too. reason or there's a... I just... I don't understand. Do they want to outlaw camaraderie and joy? It's a difficult one in that that American football style whooping and high-fiving when you've just done something that's basically your job <laughs> really gets on my nerves, you know, um, and that actually you're supposed to do that a number of times a game. So I don't know why you're getting all worked up about it. I don't want that to happen. However, it is difficult to make a rule about it. I follow you yeah. on that. But if they, I would... If they would stop doing it, that would make me happy because it does piss me off. As much as I don't, it's not that I don't want them to be joyful, cheer when you scored by all means. Cheer, I don't know, but running across the field to slap each other on the arse, and that's literally what they do, just because you know, just just because you've managed to do make a tackle or, or get hold of the ball, just seems a little bit annoying and, and, and excessive to me. Yeah, but they're these are like they're human beings. They're young men, for God's sake. It's like they're exuberant testosterone-filled fucking arseholes. Of course they're going to behave like that. Yeah, well, young men have always been that, but we didn't used to run across the field and slap each other on the arse just because you've won a turnover. Oh, fair enough. You know, this yeah. this far and no further, Josh, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I find it unnecessary and slightly puritanically Victorian. So uh, Okay, non-taken. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move it forward then from the shit yeah, Oh, rating. the one more thing oh, that sorry, we all know on. about, sorry, is uh, Matthew Ugold. Brief oh, yeah, off. yeah, of course, yeah. Probably the biggest villain of the weekend, if not the season. Uh, one of the most hideous eye gouges you'll ever see. And then, and then also, I think it veers into good for his, his his ability to make the most pathetic excuse you've ever heard in yes. your life. Well, he was he was he said that he had a bald fist. So his excuse is basically, I was trying to punch him in the eye. I wasn't gouging him. Absolutely, it was brilliant. It was a, a lengthy ban is coming. I'm guessing. Oh God, yes. Mind you, though. We thought that last week with Mr. Frank, <laughs> we didn't we? Did, we did, we did. But we'll see. Mm. Right, let's move on very quickly about Lions. We don't like Lions talk on this pod, ladies and gentlemen, no. do we, Josh? We don't like no, it much. No, we don't. We particularly don't like selecting teams at this stage. No, and we shall not be doing that. We shall not be doing that. I have seen that ESPN Scrum are now doing a weekly Lions team now. For those oh. of you who are into that sort of thing, please go there to find it because you won't find it here. Mm. Um, although, one question I will ask you. Who would who would be your captain? Because um, he's probably got an idea of that right now. I would think injuries permitting. Yeah, I mean, for me, it is still a bit too up in the air. I think if Warburton has a good season and mm. plays in the way that we know that Warburton can, then I think he'll probably be captain again, just because of the relationship he has with Gatland. If he has a bit of a up and down season. Then it could go to Alan Wynne Jones. I would have Alan Wynne, to... I think. That would be my shout right now, I think. Yeah. Okay. He was. Um, but yeah, I think it was very impressive how loosely this was handled by the Lions brass. It was like... absolutely spectacularly bad, wasn't <laughs> it? Was... it? I mean, what were they <laughs> like, thinking? Not content with it being an open secret for months now, like, if not years, that he was going to get the job again. They then outed themselves the day before by seemingly having him get photographed in his Lions polo in every public space in fucking Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, why did you have to do it outside? And not just what, like... You're a professional photographer. Surely you've got light 
spotlight things with you that can do that job. But I was what I I was sort of vaguely amused as I was like watching all of these lines coach announcement stories coming up because every one of them seemed to have Gatlin's photo like in the same Lions polo but taken in a different place so literally his Thursday or whatever the fuck it was must literally have been being driven around in a fucking Land Rover to every vaguely nice bit of every dry like, Georgian, stone wall that I, yeah, it's in Georgian from, architecture yeah. there's one where he's sort of coquettishly leaning over the bonnet of a Land Rover which is one of the most disturbing things because he lifted one seen. of his feet up Yes, and there's one where he's sort of sat in the Land Rover and he's sort of forcing... Like You can see how late in the day it's gone by how forced that grimace is getting. But, um, yeah, very silly. But I, I and, and his appointment, it's, it's a bit like... It's a bit like when, when Tom Hiddleston's going to get the Bond job, isn't it? You know, it's, everyone knows it's coming. You're is, hoping yeah. it might be something like Idris Elba, but it's not going to be. It's going to be a solidly no. middle-class bloke. And it's and it's just this most predictable appointment you can think of to a sort of legendary and some would say slightly moribund um, product. Yeah, it's like I get that people are slightly underwhelmed with it, but I think people are being a bit over the top about it as well. Like I know that we said that we're not going to talk about Lions team selection, but I foolishly, in my getting a little bit excited during the Glasgow game, suggested on Twitter that Tommy Seymour should probably want to keep next June free. Um, and in mm. response, I just got this like torrent of vitriol from scottish fans basically saying oh gatlin won't pick him he's scottish slash not welsh and like just for god's sake like i did i did everybody got their knickers right in a knot when gatlin picked that hugely welsh team yes last time and i and i kind of really saw my arse about it and ended up spending hours researching every lion's test side (laughs) since 1970 to prove the point that the most dominantly successful team at that time tends to make up most of the Lions team. Yeah. And, Wales, and that's well, just, the only time teams, there's been a genuine yeah. mix of players is in 97 and 74. Yeah. Now you and can people, read into that what you want, but the fact is that's the only time everything else has been the most dominant team gets in the yeah, Lions team. Of course it has, and that makes sense. And Wales have won six nations, two nations on the bounce before. Quite that right. Too. But it just, it's, I think it's this problem we have of the social media age that just everything is so parochial and so fucking shitty and snipey about everything. Because, like, the truth is that Warren Gatlin might be Wales coach, but I guarantee you that he cares a hell of a lot more about winning a fucking Lions tour back in his home country than he does about keeping his Wales players happy when he's already been with them for the best part of 10 years anyway. It's just such a shame it's not going to happen for him, isn't it? Oh, no, it's definitely not. I mean, we're almost certainly not going to win, but... um. The only, th- the one thing that I think we can speculate about at this point is probably assistance, because he's mm. said that he's currently he's in New Zealand at the moment, but he's said that he's going to spend the next couple of months sort of going around during the autumn internationals, and then after the autumn he's going to pick his uh, his coaching team, and I think that might well have a, a quite an interesting bearing on who goes on the tour and, and the, the style of play that they'll have and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think I would, I'd like to see Townsend. I think that'll be a good appointment. Get a I good think Townsend would be Townsend a really good Farrell. choice. It can't be Howley again. That, surely. Well, Howley's got a job. Howley's got another oh, job, hasn't he? Howley had a job last time and he still went. And they left poor fucking I mean, Robin McBride to go to Japan and lose. <laughs> With that scowl <laughs> on his face. Perfectly. Exactly. Uh, he hasn't stopped scowling since. I mean, well, I mean isn't it? I mean, as a Wales fan, though, and Wales fans out there, let us know what you think, Apple and Mud. 
aren't you a bit pissed <clears throat> off in that there's this kind of developing game plan that just started in New Zealand? There's a kind of there's, there's a few changes in the squad coming through, and now basically they're going to have to hand the developing game plan over to another coach who, regardless of what deals have been done with Gatlin, will have his own game plan. Yeah. which will take you through the next six nations. It's, is it a wasted 12 months for Wales? Yeah, well, that's exactly... Wales have never really been good since Gatlin went on the last fucking Lions tour because it never... It was just a hugely discombobulating thing that totally, for a variety of reasons, including injuries and fatigue and all that sort of stuff, just totally knocked a lot of the momentum out of that Wales team. Plus... And, sorry, go on. And yeah, I just it doesn't knock me a little bit because it's like if he was actually Welsh, then it would feel more like a national honour <laughs> that he was in charge. But as it is, it's just some Kiwi bloke who's done a really good job of being coach of Wales over the last ten years. Just Plus, not really why, take, why take does he need, off the ball. Why does he need a year off to do this job? I still can't get my head around that. <coughs> what is that he is, doing between what, now and next May that means he can't do the Welsh job? Watching every single bath game. <laughs> and every, everyone else's game as well. But I mean, really, you know, you get staff to brief, you know, they have teams to brief them on stuff like that. And it's not as if he's not going to be paying attention. I mean, there's not much to do in between Wales internationals, is there? Or am I just being naive? No, I think you're right. I think it's it's one of those things where in this modern day and age, you know, back, back in the day, people used to coach national teams slash the Lions part time. You know, it's like, it's, it's it was arguably not a full time job, and all of us now we've made it a full time job. And now, in order yeah. to sort of feel that level of equivalency, the Lions also feel like they need to have a full time coach as well. It's like that old song, isn't it? My old man's a Lions coach, <laughs> a full time Lions coach man. Yes, he finishes work by twelve every day and spends the rest of the day wanking and watching rugby. Yeah, that's probably sounds what like, his next twelve months are going to be. That's like. like a great job, to be honest. Um, <laughs> And it's, but, when you put it like that, who wouldn't want it? Quite well, exactly. I don't understand why everyone's not... I mean, I'm a little bit disappointed that Big Vern hasn't got the job, purely just because the training camp would be really well, interesting. Well, you imagine the animals you get lions killing? You know, he's got Scotland killing rabbits. With the exactly. lion squad, it's the next level they're up. they're a thistle. Yeah. So what is he going to do with lions? They're going to be have, hunting zebra. They'd have on. to be like literally doing, block, doing choke tackles on Impala at full pace. <laughs> um, I would... Uh, uh, Neil Hatley and Steve Borthwick, I think, have got to go mm. if they, um, mm-hmm. just for forwards and set piece. Given how rapidly they turned around England's fortunes, like getting a coherent pack together will That's be kind true. of essential. I mean, I, do you, I mean, I think you basically you can, it's a blank check, isn't it, for the Lions tour? You can almost take as many as you want. Yeah, well, it seems that way, doesn't it? Do a, you can do a Woodward, and you can take everyone, <laughs> or you can. Do a Gatland and not take everyone, and then need to call. And up the Shane result Williams will still be the same. The You'll get battered by New Zealand. Well, this is the thing; he can do whatever he wants. There's still very little chance that they're going to be able to do. The only, the only sort of tiny chink of pointless, futile hope is that, like, when Wales ran New Zealand close, and when Argentina ran New Zealand close, the difference came when the benches emptied. And Wales' bench and Argentina's bench just wasn't anywhere near the quality of yeah. um, of New Zealand's. And the Lions is probably one of the few, probably the only thing that can say that they're going to have a similar level of quality on the bench as New Zealand do, which is mad to think because it's the collective rugby resources of four countries compared to them. But 
yes. there we are. But you see, if I mean, you can just do whatever you want and take you wherever you want and you're going to lose anyway, there's a chance of a really good laugh with this. You could take, like, Mark Levermont and Steve Diamond and people like that in your, in your squad and like, have Steve Diamond losing his shit in the media. I think they just have an all-Kiwi coaching team just to really confuse people. <laughs> there was a um, one of the Munster fan blogs, I think Three Red Kings, um, did a, an alternative Twitter announcement that was announcing... Um, Declan Kidney is the Lions coach, which I literally cried laughter at. If it's well, I think I might have storified it actually, but it's well worth scrolling back and uh, at Three Red Kings' Twitter feed to last Thursday to read it because it is a fabulous work of comedy. And I just like to see something like that. Let's get Declan Kidney and and every shit Irish coach for the last. 15 years and just send them with a load of incredibly talented players and see how badly it goes. And would it go that much worse? Well, well that'd be like Declan Kidney, Eddie O'Sullivan. Um, I'll tell you who it was. Eric now. Elwood. <laughs> Bear with me. Yeah, it was, it was Declan Kidney, it was all those guys. You can tell that I'm frantically scrolling. <laughs> well, never Here mind. We have a look at how you found it. I have found it. Uh, we've got we've got a bit of Declan Kidney. Oh, no, I can't open it. Never mind. Can't open it. There yeah. you go. That was a hell of a feature, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed oh, that one there. <laughs> anyway, you should probably, yeah, don't get that excited about the Lions. They're probably going to lose, but we might have a bit of fun. But let's at least have a laugh with it. And, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I, where do you stand on the, on the Fly on the World documentary? Surely they need to stop doing it now because the last one um, was really bad. I think they've run out of... The problem is that that 97 one was so good. Yeah, because it was so now. fresh and new, wasn't it? And yeah, it was a more felt... a more innocent time from a PR yeah. point of view, I think. I mean, they were a bit more open and honest about it. Whereas now everything is so exhaustively stage-managed, they either need to go properly back to... Like, the most controversial thing that happened in that fucking... The 2013 one was that Sam Warburton said, fuck, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they need to. Like, they had a bonus off. CD with it showing them running through some moves in training, yeah, which, which lasted threw... about ten seconds. And actually, think you know what? That would probably be the interesting bit. Actually, show me in training <laughs> and actually doing some. You know, what is it that they do in in this lead up to get a team to gel so quickly? Instead, you got yeah. that endless fucking player cams, which, to be honest, does happens all the time now anyway because they've got their own player cam. You know, as yes, he, who, he who we don't mention anymore demonstrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the thing. I think like I've got that massive bloody four-disc Blu-ray thing that I bought in post-fucking Lions Tour win bliss. <laughs> but I've never watched anything other than the bloody main documentary, because why would I? Um, I got sent a review copy, and I was like, oof, that's a bit shit, really. Yeah, I don't know. They they honestly need to like look at some of these like hard knocks and mm. and the Amazon thing that the NFL did. Um, yeah. They need to stop doing it so cheap, don't they? Yeah, they, that's the other thing. Like... They obviously don't spend a lot of money on it. Yeah, they need to put some serious production value behind it, and they need to allow players and coaches to to put the media training aside and be real. Which is not because no. Of... Cri- I mean, the guys who are doing it are doing the best. I think it's Simon Utley who does it. It's Roger Utley's lad. And he's mm. a decent fella, and he, you know, and he he does his best with it, I think. But I just don't think they're not given the access that they need to make it interesting. I don't believe. No, it properly needs to be fly on the wall, cameras everywhere. 
um, and it needs to catch unguarded moments. And certainly with the last one, there was no unguarded moments. There was a lot of forced banter. Hmm. And yeah, it's just a bit meh, isn't it? Right. I think we'll have to draw this week to a close there, Josh. I think we probably should, shouldn't we? It's, uh, we've got on for quite some time. Thank you very much, for everyone, for joining in. We are back on our weekly pattern now. Just so you know, there is a new feature that we're going to run today. We've run out of time, but we'll do it next week, which we're calling I Don't Second That Emotion, where we <laughs> ask you, where we, we're going to profile players that we don't feel about them the way that we should, i.e., this is a player you're supposed to love. Like, for example, everybody loves Shane Williams. Mm. Everyone. Love Shane Williams, right? This is true. This is true. But there are other players where you say, well, everyone seems to like him, but for some reason I don't, and yes. vice versa. Everyone seems to hate him, but actually I think he's great. So it's called yeah. I Don't Second That Emotion. We'll be doing some ones next week, but please get your nominations into App Blood and Mud. If you've Who got do you something... irrationally like slash dislike, dislike I guess? Is yeah, the... basically. If he's got a rational, I really like him and I don't know why, or try and explain why, that would be better. Hmm. Why do you like him and nobody else seems to? And vice versa. So we're going to run some more of those next week. We'll keep your 99 rugby problems coming in. We're going to finish, as we always do, with The Loop, which this week is a nice gentle one, Josh. I've gone gentle this week. I've gone do with that. Fall at Your Feet by Crowded House. Oh. You know, a New Zealand man who wrote the song. Most people oh. are falling at their feet right now. Yes. You know, and it's a kind of soothing ballad. To if Crowded House is to... the only band to ever come from New Zealand. Fly to the Concords. Yes. Okay, the only real band. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe so, band. although Australia keep trying to claim them as well, don't they? Isn't, isn't, isn't the bassist they? Australian, I think? Oh, I actually quite like Crowded House on the quiet. See, this is, I can't second that emotion in musical form. It is, yeah, you see, I don't second yeah. that emotion. I actually really quite like, uh, you know, I shouldn't really because they're a bit saccharine and it's all a bit, you know, ballady and all that stuff, but I do like it quite a bit. So there you go. Uh, we'll leave you fall at your feet. I'll see you next week, Josh. Always a pleasure. Take care.
Blackjack sale now on at Curry's PC World. Upgrade your kitchen this Christmas with amazing deals across our huge range of kitchen appliances, including washing machines, cookers, and fridge freezers. Refresh the look of your kitchen with a new kettle and toaster set, or upgrade your home brewing experience with a new coffee machine. Get in store or online at curries.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.